This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blue Extra podcast, proudly partnered with the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery, your best option for pre and post match entertainment. I'm Matt and today I'm joined by Ross. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, oh, good, mate. Much better after a much better after a much needed win yesterday, mate. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this like pod. Word, for, yeah, looking forward to this <laughs> one. I think we all. I said it to you yesterday in our group chat, didn't I? I'm actually looking yeah. forward to doing one that we can actually review a a nice win. Um, so yeah, yeah, mate. I'm all the better for all the better for those three points and three goals and a clean sheet yesterday, mate. Always makes a Sunday feel uh, feel that little bit better, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure, mate. It was it was needed, wasn't it? And I think I put a tweet yeah. out yesterday. I, to be fair, a few of my mates and people that I know have said, "Ah, oh, I think Cobb are going to pay someone at some point." And I, I'll admit, I did. I didn't see it. I'll be honest. Like I'm going to not a pessimist. That's the wrong word. But I just didn't. I didn't feel like we had it because I'd not seen it. I think I just felt like we missed too many chances. I thought yeah. we'd win a game, but I didn't think we'd put three or four past someone. I thought it'd be like a one nil or something like that. But yesterday it seemed. From what I saw, it seemed like we we really took them. And I, I, I mean, I listened to like Millwall fans after the match. I thought I'd get a different perspective of it. And uh, they said Cov could have scored easily another three more. So it could have been five or six yesterday. So I think if we had been in a more clinical moment, we probably would have took a couple more chances, to be honest, and probably won five, six yesterday. But we just didn't. And obviously, um, I put a tweet out as well about Hadji. Um, I think... If he had confidence, he'd have probably he'd have probably put a few of his of his chances away and would have left with double figures yesterday at a, at a minimum if he had confidence. So I'm just pleased that we've we finally I'm I'm hoping now that they can really 
kick on and put that international break previously that we had behind us, which was not good for anyone. There was a lot of negativity around, wasn't there? And people moaning. And we had that point against Stoke, which was a frustration because we, we should have probably won that. We just couldn't find the net. And now we've reset, had a little regroup, changed formation, had time to work on that for a couple of weeks. Um, and now we've come, come with a 3-0 win. And uh, on we go to Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, I think obviously Robbins has said a lot about kind of it's going to take time building the squad, being so new, obviously a lot of new players, embedding them in. Um, and that's been quite frustrating for Cov fans for, yeah. for for a number of weeks now when you, you obviously you're not getting any kind of really, perform- yeah. well, maybe not even performance, but just the results. You, you need some element of, of results alongside, you know, that patience as well. And obviously Robbins is is smart enough to to know that, but to to get this win, obviously there's a few changes which have happened in terms of the starting lineup, in terms of the formation as well. You start to think maybe it's it's the start of a run, but we'll uh, we'll obviously see you and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get that first example in, in a couple of days' time when we take on Plymouth. But we'll jump into to Saturday's game, and obviously as ever we'll start with the with the with the lineup. Um, second second game in a row with the back four. And there were two changes to the side that faced Stoke prior to the international break. Uh, Milan came back in and replaced Latibodier at right back and Sakamoto coming in to replace Ellis Sims. Uh, Ross, you've already kind of mentioned you were maybe, I don't know, not overly optimistic with us putting a putting a hammering on a side going into this game. But how did you feel when you saw that starting lineup? Were you happy with the fact that we'd stuck with the back four? Were you happy with the changes that you'd seen as well? Yeah, I liked I liked the balance of it. It it had a nice balance to to be honest. I know um I'm I, I was I was skeptical as to whether he'd um he'd play Ben Wilson because I know from what people had been saying about the Stoke game, I think Wilson was actually ill before that game as well, wasn't he? Which was another reason as to why he could have been dropped. So I was thinking, although Collins had a good game, you know what Wilson's like, uh, Wilson, sorry, Robbins is like with Wilson, so to speak. So I thought, is he going to put him back in? So I was pleased to see that he'd, he'd stuck to his guns. And now it seems like Collins is going to really get a good run of games until I think he makes a few mistakes, say like Wilson did, I think. So that will be good for his confidence now, knowing he's had back-to-back games games have obviously ended up with back-to-back clean sheets off it but yeah the team the team in general I think Milan's been rested for a while now he's not really been too involved I think he's had his he's had his wake-up call basically because Robbins I think it was after the Rotherham game didn't he called him out a bit and said I've not paid four and a half million for a wing black slash fullback who just basically what I call Dabo syndrome does everything but then doesn't want to take some on, just literally passes it inside and makes the easy option every time. We've bought you here because you're quick, you absolutely rapid and you can take people on. We've seen it in your highlights videos. We've already seen you do it in spells this season. Do it more often in a nutshell. So he, he dropped him and obviously gave him a bit of a wake-up call and said it's not just a case of you're going to be playing here every week just because we paid a lot of money for you. You've got to got to earn your way into the team and we've got versatile players who can take your your position so to speak so yeah I was pleased to see him back in and I think Tats deserved deserved a start because I don't think he probably shouldn't have been dropped against um against Stoke to be honest I think it was quite harsh on him I think a lot of people I know Andy was one who was a bit disappointed that um Tats didn't play against Stoke wasn't he and, and when he come on he did look he did look lively and I think now we're playing with three wingers I like the dynamic of Hadji on the left Godden or Sims in the middle and Tats on the right because I feel Tats on the right is that you can overload his side if that makes sense and you're almost giving yourself 
you're not having because Hadji is a he's a winger, granted, but he's a striker as well. So when you're crossing the ball in, you've not just got another t- Sakamoto at the back post. You've got a big six foot three, six foot four striker who can head the ball and score goals with Godden or Sims attacking that ball. So you're almost giving yourself a progressive overload on one side of the pitch by allowing someone who you know has got the flair and skill to beat his man probably eight, nine times out of 10 in this division and to whip a good ball in. And you've got, you've got some lethal players in there that can, that can try and get on the end of it. So I thought the dynamic of the team was good. Like I said, I just wasn't, I wasn't confident that the way we were playing, or even people players like Godden haven't looked confident in front of goal recently. I was just, I I was sceptical, I'll be honest, as to whether we were going to, whether we were going to do something, I described it before the game as it will be a game that we have 75% possession, 20 shots, 16 <laughs> corners and probably lose 3-1 or something. So um, they, they definitely proved me wrong yesterday, which was which I was glad about. And they've, they've shown me one thing. Um, they've shown me that they can they can take a team to the store when they need to. So they, they've gained my trust on that now. They've shown me they can do it. So long may that continue, mate. <laughs> Yeah, the possession actually is, I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on because uh, it was quite interesting seeing the possession stats from yesterday and comparing it to the run um, of losses. So we'll pick up on that a little bit later on. Um, But I think in terms of the starting lineup for me, the most interesting, obviously where we saw the two changes was on the right-hand side and possibly it is a case of now what Robbins has been talking about in terms of finding the best rhythm, finding, you know, who fits well um, in certain roles with so much change. Uh, in my opinion, obviously, Milan, he wasn't brought into this club to play right back. Uh, I, I think that's pretty obvious when you look at his strengths and his attributes. He wasn't really somebody that you want designated to kind of being so predominantly more in a defensive role without kind yeah. of, or maybe neutralising that threat that he can bring with his pace. Um, but then maybe we found our way to saying, well, he can do that job at right back. You can also potentially utilise bombing him forward with, let's say, a Josh Eccles, who also might be quite important in terms of like slipping back into a more defensive role with that flexibility we know we have with him. Because obviously it, with Van Uyck, if he's in a back four, the, the risk of him pushing forward is you don't have that three centre-half setup where somebody can slip over to the right and you kind of still got a back four and you, you're covered if he's not able to, to get back if they were to break. Now there's a lot more responsibility and a lot more risk if he was to, to push forward. Um, but I don't know, it's just an interesting one. Obviously, it kind of potentially highlights uh, an importance of Josh Eccles because of his flexibility in centre midfield to maybe drop back and provide that cover if we were to get caught. But... Do we think maybe this is the start of a bit of a of a change of uh, approach when it comes to Milan? You know, as you say, he he um he did get called out by Robbins after that Rotherham performance. He then got took off. I remember in the next game, relatively early in the match, and you thought that's a a clear indication of he's not overly happy with what he's say, seeing from Milan in terms of what he expected. Um, but I don't know. Do we think we maybe have seen a bit of a a change in the expectations because when you have got somebody and when we play the formation that we are with a back four it allows you maybe to have somebody in a more attacking role set on the right a aka asakamoto and it potentially kind of takes away an element of the need yeah. for, for milan to push on 
Yeah, I think it's it's, it's a difficult one. So I think, to be honest, I mean, people say we've changed formation, but we actually started with this in, in League One, if people remember. Remember when we had Jabello and um, I think it was, what was his name, Huula up front and players like that. And then when we brought in Godden that summer, we actually we actually started with that. But then Jabello got injured, didn't he? Um, and we had O'Hare and then we went from that to wing-backs. And obviously for the last four or so years, we've, we've only played wing-backs, one system. Yeah. We've not, and I think, People will say, oh, that's Robbins being stubborn, but I don't think it is. I just don't think we had the personnel to change formation, if I'm honest, because could you have played Dabo as a right back? Probably not. Did he yeah. need to play wing back? Yeah. You look yeah. at someone like Bidwell, probably could have played in a back four, but he can still do a job as a wing back. So last year we didn't have that and we and we were good at what we did, which was we sat on the transition and we well, turned teams Bidwell... over and Bidwell's probably an example of the fact that this yeah. is not just a bit of a flash in the pan change. This yeah. is possibly him kind of, you know, getting a lot of new players into the into the squad, working out what works best with the players that we have and realising, I think, potentially that a back four is the right way to go. Because yeah. Silva, you know, possibly was one of the... Maybe he'd struggled a little bit more in recent weeks, but he was probably one of the ones that the new players coming into the squad who you'd say had performed, you know, certainly in stages quite well and, and people have been quite impressed by what he'd done. But Bidwell has now come into the team for the last couple of games and I possibly think that is an indication of the fact that he's he is really set on a back four because he's maybe got a little bit more confidence in the experience of a Bidwell when it comes to a back four. There's a lot more responsibility yeah. on those wide defensive positions. Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, the classic example of Bidwell was for our second goal yesterday. Look at the ball yeah. he fizzes into the ball he fizzes into Jamie Allen. It's a fantastic pass. It's a real driven with intent pass that completely takes their players out of out of position, and it allows Allen to break the lines. Then doesn't it and go at the at the defenders? It's such a good pass because it gives Allen no real option yeah, but other to than do what he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he plays it in such a way, it kind of takes defenders out, as you say, and puts Allen in such a position. He's kind of look up and, right, okay, I'm, you know, I'm on the edge of their box with a really good chance to to, to get a shot on goal. So it kind of just leaves him no option. It, it, Bidwell, again, you know, we'll, we'll touch on it more as we go into the game, but it, it, it was a really solid performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I think when you look at it as a whole, a back four at the moment with the personnel we've got really suits us because at the moment, a Yari's not really hit all fires on cylinders, has he, to be honest, in terms of his overall performance and what he's been doing. O'Hare is nowhere near fit and you've got no Casey Palmer. So if you're looking at a natural number 10, we don't have one. And if you play with wing backs, you have to have a number 10 because if you don't have someone that plays in the pockets you're not going to get anywhere because all that's going to happen is, is you're going to play in triangles just in and around certain areas and there's going to be no other movement. And I think that was what I was starting to find. Milan and players were starting to do. They were looking for that number 10 pass to advance on, but then because they wouldn't get it, it would be a case of they wouldn't get it back and then it would get recycled. And then they, and we'd end up going from being forwards to actually moving further back than where we first started because we've got no progression of pass whereas now we're playing with a 4-3-3 three, three, 
Yes, we could be more exposed in moments, but one teams won't be used to it in this division because we're known for wing backs. So that's going to take a bit of adapting to. And two, you have got progressive overloads on both sides. You've got Bidwell who can overload on the left with Hadji if needs be, which we saw for one of the goals yesterday as a classic example. Um, and then you've got Tats and Milan. And I think those two work pretty well. And I mean, from Tats's celebration, they seem like they have quite a good... Uh, Good little yeah. cele- good little friendship going on between them because they'd already come up with a celebration when he scored his first goal, which shows you that there's a there's a relationship there between the two of them, and you can tell that some of them have really started to like gel and click mm. with each other just off the back of that performance. And I think someone like Sheaf as well. I think a formation change for him will be will be beneficial. You know, he can be the he can be the sitter and the player that breaks up the play and does what he does. But then he's got two engines and screeners in front of him rather than playing as a double pivot in a with a wing back and having that constant need to get on the ball. Mm-hmm. He can now get the ball and he's got two options in Allen and Eccles next to him. So it allows it's allowing us a bit of a different dimension and a different perspective of things. I think we will we will probably go back to wing backs at some point in the season. I'll be honest. I don't think okay, Robbins will just play. I think it but I think Robbins, if you remember in pre-season, a lot of people forget this stuff. I remember him making a comment about us working on different things and the personnel we've got. So I think we've been doing training on a back four, but obviously it's going to take a while to implement because it's a difference between doing it in training to doing it in games every week. Because I think you don't just go from... Robbins hasn't just thought overnight, I'll tell you what, we're going to do a back four now. We've worked on this for a long period of time, knowing that there's a chance that this could this could happen but it's not been it's not been brought into fruition because robbins is very set in i want to play that way but now he knows the change is needed and he's looked at the personnel and saw how it worked against stoke i think he's thought actually we're going to go and trial trial this now and he had two weeks in the international break obviously a few of them weren't there but the majority of the team were there to completely work on that system and i think yesterday like you said the performance was was great and it paid off and we've had back to back clean sheets so no one can no one can moan about anything to be honest it's it's, it's all looking all looking better at the moment <laughs> well i'm interested to picking up on what you said in terms of thinking that we will at some point go back to yeah. the the wing backs why why would that be? So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's still early days with a back four and it's still a win and a draw. You know, yesterday, as good as it was, it's it's one game, you know, and obviously we, we, we have to not get overly excited by um, by that fact. But you start to build it together and you say it is two games with clean sheets and, um, you know, it has looked a lot better than it, it looked in the weeks beforehand. But talking about potentially going back to the... To, to the wing backs and the back five, what would be your thought process behind that? Is it because of people returning might lead into that formation or do you just think he will flex it throughout the season or? I've, I think two reasons. One, as I touched upon earlier on, we've not got a 10 at the moment. So once we get our 10s fully back and fit, you've then got the option to actually play um, play with wing backs again because you'll have a number of options in that position. Um, and two as well, personnel of different teams. I think... Millwall, let's be honest, aren't one of the greatest teams in the division. Um, I think we'll prob- four will probably happen a lot more at home. But if you're talking about going to teams like Southampton and Leeds away, can I see Robbins going back? Like you look at Leeds away on the 16th of December. By that point, Palmer should be back in the team. O'Hare should be a lot more fit. 
all of the players really should be there. Could I see if we were doing well, Robins going to a wing back formation in that in that game? Yeah, because you've got to factor in the fact I don't think that Fadston can play in a back four. So if he wants to play Fads, which he will, to accommodate that, he'll move to a five. And somewhere like a Leeds away or a Southampton at home, I could see him going again to a to a back five with wing backs once we get all of our players back. I just think it will be a case of that we will play in patches and certain personnel of games, we will change. So we've not just got a versatile players in a way we play. We've actually got a versatile system in terms of we can tweak depending on opponents how we choose to set up and how we how we play. So I don't think we'll just stick with a back four now. That's it for the next 30-odd games. We're just going to see a back four of Bidwell, Milan, Kitchen and Thomas. you got to remember there's still Binks, there's still McFadston, there's still a lot of players. You've got your number 10s to come back that all need to be put back into the to the fold of things. So I, I would be surprised if, if we do stick with that for a long period. I just think it will be once we get the players back and the personnel of who we're playing will depend on how we, how we set up. But I I am happy with the back four at the moment and I am liking the look of it because I think it allows players like Tats and Hadji to really sort of, really like yesterday I put that tweet out about Hadji, that run he made off the inside was, I called it, Yoker-esque movement. The way he made that run and saw it, and obviously someone mentioned, uh, um, obviously kudos to Eccles for that ball that he played, because like someone said, if Hamer would have played that, we'd have all been going, oh my God, Hamer's amazing. So I will give Eccles credit. That was a great pass through. And you actually watch Hadji's movement, that comes off the wing. Whereas when he was a central striker, we weren't seeing that. It was, oh, he's lazy, he doesn't do anything. But now we're actually accommodating his strengths and he's coming in. He's made that Yoker-esque type movement in and it's just that he's unfortunately not getting the look or confidence at the minute in front of goal to finish it. But once he does have that, if we're playing to players like his strengths, I think we're going to see more and more of players like him coming out of their shallow and scoring goals eventually and becoming more confident. So it'll be an interesting watch. But yeah, I just that's my reasoning behind why I don't think it will just be a solid back four throughout the whole season. I think it'll be it'll be it'll be changed. Yeah, you want to see flexibility. You want to I guess have the confidence that your 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 squad has got yeah. the ability to to flex throughout the season, whether that's depending on injury or form or um, obviously reacting to opponents. I think we hopefully will feel like maybe we've got the ability to do that a bit more than in previous seasons now with yeah. the, with the strength in depth. But we'll we'll have a look back at some of the key incidents from the game and and obviously. I mean, not too much happening in that first half an hour. Sides kind of cancelling each other out, but commentary looking the the brighter. Um, in in my own personal opinion, maybe looking a little bit more likely to actually get the opening goal, and that was the case after after half an hour. Um, as you said, a, a really strong move set up by that um ball by Eccles and and breaking through from Bidwell. Good ball into right. Uh, solid effort on goal. We'll touch in, in terms of his confidence in front of goal, as you mentioned in a little bit more detail later on. But with this goal, I, I did want to touch a little bit more in terms of Godden. Obviously getting that goal after a little bit of a run of, of games without one. Um but he is a player you always feel like if he does get the chances, you still always have to feel like whether it's been in League One or Championship, at a certain point he is going to start putting them away. Um, and this goal, obviously, you know, we talk about the move, but it's really good reactions, in my opinion, from Godden because the ball comes at him really quite, quite quickly. Um, so just getting ahead on it is one thing, but making sure you head the ball in the right direction, put it back on goal. 
Um, I don't know. I, I was just maybe he doesn't he hasn't got the credit for this finishes in its only early days. You know, the game was only yesterday, but I, I thought it was a really really good header from him. Yeah, I mean. The difficult one, really. Like I said, I was, I was majorly impressed with Bidwell. Um, two of my mates who actually went to the game said that he looks a bit fitter as well at the minute, Bidwell, than he did sort of at the start or, or towards the end of last season. He looks quite quite sharp in how he's playing, which is which is a good sign. But I was really surprised to see how far forward Bidwell was getting. I couldn't believe that was him driving with the ball because normally, yeah. you know, he, as a wing back, I think, like I said, it gives him that flexibility to to come inside. I don't think Bidwell's the type of player that just starts to constantly run down the outside. He's not that, he's not that way. He's a very much what you see is what you get. But if he's got that potential that he's got space to drive into, we've now seen that he's more than happy to do so. So I think a back four actually accommodates him well compared to say to Silva, who I think is more suited as a, as a wing back probably than in a, in a back four. So that's again, versatility that we've got in terms of how we set up and play as a team. Um, but yeah, it was a, I think the thing is with God and he's not really looked confident from when I've seen him before the break, mm. he'd lost a bit of like that header that he had against Stoke. Like you'd have bagged him to, to you'd have, yeah. you'd have betted on him to score that. I mean, he didn't even hit the target. <laughs> it pretty much hit, hit the corner flag. And you just thought that's not, that's not Matty God. And like, I've, I've, I've been a critic of him in terms of his hold up play. But one thing I've never discredited him for was his, was his goal scoring ability. Like he, he normally eight, nine times out of 10 will, will score you a goal. So I think a goal like that, that just literally what Sims had at QPR, it's just an instinct. You don't have time to think about it. It just comes at you and you just have to do something. Mm. I think that will benefit Godden massively because now he's got that. He'll now start to feel right. Okay. I've broke that little duck. We've won. We're on a different sort of way. Now, hopefully that will give him a bit of confidence now to get back in over the Christmas period, which we all know is important. He will know as well that Christmas yeah. period now to start getting his name on the score sheet again and scoring some some more goals and trying to get us some points. Um, and of course, he had to whack out a, a different celebration again. I mean, he's always he's always doing that, God. And it was the it was the years at the start of the season, wasn't it? And then it was back to the old lawnmower, and now it was the now it was the goggly eyes. I don't know what was the reasoning behind that one. I've got no idea, but <laughs> he, he loves got, the celebration. <laughs> yeah, I think the years one we touched on it when it it was kind of uh, when it the was tweets out, and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it probably wasn't the wisest, and I think I remember saying at the time, you know, hopefully that will, you know, you've you've kind of made your point, but let that go now. To be honest with you, and uh, fortunately he did. Uh, maybe he just feels the lawnmower has kind of run its <laughs> run its course. But you're always going to get the, the fans wanted to see the old classics. But now it's good to see him get the goal and. Um, and it was important. We spoke about it yesterday during the game, you know, keeping that clean sheet, keeping the, the lead going into halftime, because we've seen a few examples of um, of us going into the lead, you know, in away games, thinking of Preston and a couple of the locations. <laughs> Preston's a classic example, isn't it, with that? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty, um, we don't want to focus too much on the negatives once we've got a, a win to, to, to talk about. But yeah, it, it has been a bit of an issue for us at points this season. Um, it was massive for us to go in at halftime one nil up um, and not give away that lead. I did want to pick up on one incident because it didn't feel as though Millwall were really that looking that likely to get a goal, but they did obviously hit the post kind of getting out towards the end of the half. Um, Something for me that does stand out and with two clean sheets now, which is, which is great, but 
the whole of that backline appealing for what I can only assume is they thought was offside in that incident from yeah. the initial shot. I don't know. It didn't. It was just so odd. The whole of that backline appealing. And, and I just thought we have seen those examples this season where they just, I don't know, loss of focus for all of them to be appealing and potentially switch off. And allow that opportunity to come in, which almost, again, if that goes in, then we could be sat here talking about a completely different scenario. And are there any concerns with that? You know, we are talking about two clean sheets in a row, which is fantastic. But just those moments that we know, and we've seen this season, they can be massive, can't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned. I think Vyvash will get that out of them eventually. You've got to remember, Thomas and Kitchen are still young. They're still, what, 23, around that age. So they're still they're still learning. Um, I, it is naive and it does my head in when defenders do that because I just think, like, fair enough, if, if it is a blatant offside appeal for all of one second, half a second, if you can't see anything, you just play to the whistle. Do you know what I mean? That's the, that's what you talk from a kid when you play Sunday League. You talk play to the whistle so like you I mean, said it happened it, at Preston there was a I think I don't know if it was the and it happened against Stoke didn't it the, the last yeah. game as well when it, it did look offside but obviously we flicked it on and I think Thomas stopped and they nearly had a shot from it and scored it yeah it, it does need to stop happening where we where we're appealing like we know I'm not being funny they know how they're not thick they know what refs are currently like in this country we see it in the Premier League all the time with VAR and refs we know how bad they are in this division you know not to be naive with these refs because you know that they will make howler of decisions and there's nothing that you can do ultimately than try and stop it and then once you've prevented it then have a go at the ref and say what on earth is going on don't try and stop it in the moment and then concede yeah. the goal and then moan because then that just completely goes against us like you said and I went to Millwall away last year and we were we were we were we were cruising in that game and then we conceded right on half time and it changed the game so yesterday that could have been could have been the case but I'll be honest it was a good save by by Collins from um mm, from from yeah. what I've seen of it I think he does very well to get a hand on it and if he doesn't it probably probably goes in the net and we probably were going in at 1-1 one, one. so yeah. um uh, kudos to him for for obviously getting that save and um I think like you said it was important that we did go in 1-0 because of incidents that have happened and also like the Preston game, like where we scored and within two well, minutes. building, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you have another example like that where you potentially have taken the lead and you've kind of, you know, a sloppy goal, a, 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 an unnecessary goal as well, a goal that doesn't need to happen. You know, it was the same with Preston where it was the equaliser. Thinking back, you know, the ball comes in, and I think they're appealing for a handball as it kind of gets yeah. recycled back. And it that split second where everybody's appealing for a decision versus closing down. I think it was Johnson who got the goal can make yeah. all the difference between you know that obviously that effort finding the back of the net or it just cannoning off a kitchen or a Thomas and, and and out for a throw in. So I don't know. They they are young as you say, but. At this stage, even you're kind of thinking you've gone through the systems, you've played football for a long time, and you've gone through you know professional football systems. You're thinking, really, you should. I don't know. Just it is just something I guess for for me to to keep an eye on this season, and they will yeah, develop sure. as players certainly, but um, but hopefully we'll we'll see an improvement in that area. But we were able to to cling on to that lead and um, go in at, at half time one nil. Come out in the second half and. Very similar, I guess, in terms of the feel of the game to the to this to the first half, um, and then ultimately we were able to, to really take a strong stranglehold on the game with that second goal. Um, and we touched on it earlier on, but great play again from Bidwell, uh, Bidwell, sorry, the ball into Allen, 
Um, really good effort. We have to give a shout out to their keeper as well. We I think had losing a, a, a game three 0 at home. He's he's been let <laughs> down by his team ultimately, hasn't he? Because he has yeah. had a fantastic game um, and another fantastic save with with the effort from Allen. Um, but followed in by Sakamoto grabbing that first goal for him in in Sky Blues colours. Um, really good goal, but obviously fantastic to see Sakamoto get his first goal for the club. Yeah, buzzing for him, mate. Little. Our little Japanese wizard, and he <laughs> loves Sakamoto. What a what a little player he is, mate. I mean, he had he had uh, Wallace on toast yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. He's, he's just such a problem, mate. Like we've been watching Cov for, for for all my life. We have we've never been the team to have that type of player. We've been the team to watch that type of player come to us and rip us apart. So to now have someone where you go to an away ground and know that you can you can do that to someone. Like I think their commentators were saying it. I listened to their fans. They said that Sakamoto just had Wallace on toast the whole game. Like yeah. he didn't have a clue what was going on. He was just so tw- he was twisting in and out of his body at the by the end of the game. He was he was so getting funny dirt. as well because you kind of watch what he does and it feels like if you watch any kind of tape on him before a game <laughs> yeah, you, you know what he's going to do but, but you just, just he can't, can't stop, stop. It. yeah he's just so quick and agile that you can't he's just got such quick feet it's just so it's so everything's in one movement nothing's like one to it's like when he turns it's like boom so it's like fast if that that's why it's so difficult if you watch him people go well he does that same fake shot and it's like yeah because he does it so quickly yeah in game when we're watching it in the stands you can read it but when you're actually playing and running round and you're getting fatigued and tired that's so difficult to try and actually stop and defend against so it's not actually it is easy to see what he's going to do but he's he's a very skillful player and like you said I'm just buzzing that he actually scored that goal yeah it was Mm. a tapping but Hopefully now he's broke that duck and he put an he, he hasn't put an Instagram post since he signed for us and he put one on yesterday saying buzzing to finally score my first goal. I'm really hoping now that just gives him the confidence to go on and actually lots try and shoot a lot more than he has been. So when he gets the ball, we've seen what he can do in his clips for his old clubs. Have shots for us. That's what we want to see. We've you we've paid however much two two and a half million for you. Because you're an exciting player, we want to see you get the ball, test their keeper, have shots on goal, because we've got players like Godden and Hadji, you can follow up even if it doesn't go in. So yeah. I'm really pleased for him that he finally got that goal. And you could tell that all the uh, all the team were buzzing for him as well. Like, I think tats, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone just loves Tats, don't they? The fan yeah. base, the players, everyone just loves him. He's just a little, he's a little dynamite of a player and he, they only come around once and so often. And he's just so... Like he's just such a down to earth guy. Like even that video before um, the international break, where that Toshi, I think, is how you say his name, the, the Japanese guy who flew all around the world from his original club, and he, he gave a shirt to him, and how he spoke to him and stuff. Like you know, he's a, you can tell he's a loved individual from wherever he's come from previously, and he's just yeah. such a, he's just such a nice guy, and he's he's not. You can tell he's just there's no bad blood in him whatsoever. He literally just loves playing football, and he's just a happy happy guy, and he wants to do well for us so I'm just really pleased that he finally broke that duck because that's always the hardest thing coming into this division from abroad is getting that first goal and you know he's had that key Hutchin moment against Norwich which got cleared <laughs> off the line and you know he's had all of these moments where he's nearly scored so to finally just get one that comes to him and he can he can tap in I'm, I'm buzzing for him so hopefully like I said I put in a tweet yes yeah, so hopefully he'll, he'll kick on now and he can start just to get a few more goals for us and he'll, he'll start to shoot a lot more yeah, no, it was great to see. And 
Um, I think that that right hand side that we saw yesterday, you know, it's quite, I guess, indicative of what you know Robbins maybe has been talking about in terms of finding our feet, finding the right. I guess system finding the right personnel to play in certain systems, you know, yeah. almost because we've spent so much money on a lot of players this summer for the first time in a long time, you kind of, we're almost behest to play certain players in certain positions. And now what really pleases me about this game is it's great winning a, a game away from home three nil. Of course it is, but you know, those things can happen in isolation all of the time. But what I guess I do find quite promising is the fact of, you know, maybe he has started to think, right, uh, Van Uyck, you know, to me, again, it, we were almost, I guess, held hostage to play him as a right wing back because we spent near enough £4 million on him. And um, we can't spend that on a player and, and not play them where they're supposed to be playing. But now it's almost as if, but I, I, I guess that almost felt to me as if we then had to not play Sakamoto where we realistically knew that he could play and we had to play a certain style because we were having to do that with other players as well and it felt a little bit like that with the strikers you know we have to make sure we're playing Sims and um, right for X amount of time because we spent so much money on both and rather than realistically working out what is the right way to go and maybe even say that lead into us saying you know one of them potentially is going to have to come off the bench and it's not the worst thing in the world to have you know, a relatively um, decent striker coming off the bench as an option when you are struggling. And, and maybe we're just finding our feet with that a little bit because if Van Uyck can kind of cement himself as playing a more defensive role as right back with that opportunity still to burst forward with people covering him, but maybe just that little bit more discipline and what that offers us in terms of Sakamoto and those two having a relationship, it's, um, it's a really exciting thought. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing is with, La- um, not Latty, sorry, Van Evac is, is he knows that that Lati Bader is is versatile. So if if he's not if he's not playing well and we need to go more defensive and he's not doing his defensive duties, Robbins will happily just take you out and put Lati in there because Tats can still do his thing. <laughs> he's not yeah. going to stop Tats from doing his thing. It's going to provide us more defensive cover, if anything. So Milan has now known that he's got to be on the ball and he cannot switch off in this division. And we've got to remember we've bought a lot of players from from abroad. You know, it takes a while to get up this to this division. I think yes. Yesterday, it almost puts the baby steps behind us a little bit in terms of 
they've been in this division now since since August, so they're coming up to Christmas now. It's it, it, you the 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 we've been playing together for quite a while. Yes, it's not years, but they know each other now. They've been playing together long enough to have developed relationships, understand each other. They know the division and how physical it can be. I really expect us now to have regrouped and been like, right, now this is where we kick on. Hopefully players have settled into like houses, apartments with their families. You know, Robbins has touched upon that before and getting their children into nurseries, all the stuff that we don't see behind the closed doors that make a big difference on a player settling. Hopefully those things have now settled, which now allows the players that we've brought in to just focus on their football. They've got no out of football distractions. They've just solely got to focus on training hard and playing well on a, on a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, whatever it may be that they're, they're playing on. So I really hope now that that's the, uh, that's the kickstart to us going on a little run. Because I called it before the start of the season. I said we'll be a team this year that probably loses four or five in a row, but we'll also probably win four or five in a row. I think we've just got that 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 about us this year and that inconsistency. So it'll be interesting to see what we do now um, on Tuesday onwards, really, into this yeah. next sort of patch of, of a lot of games in the space of a couple of weeks, really. So, Yeah, no, agreed. And obviously one final goal for us to... To, to look back over before we um, put this game to bed. And it was a, a really important goal for, for a couple of reasons, I guess. The, the big one for me come from an Eccles corner. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think anyone could believe that, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, are we are we about to see the Beckham era from Eccles? Is this the start of uh, a run <laughs> well, of... from <laughs> from from um from clips I've seen of, of, of the game as well. He actually put in a couple of corners in the first half and someone actually said, this won't beat the first man and it didn't beat the first man. And it was just yeah. like, come on. He acknowledged it, didn't he, for the first, yes. first time really this week and said, look, you know, obviously players, they're conscious of what they'll hear on, on social media. They'll be aware of it. And, you know, at a certain point, he's going to have to come out yeah, probably definitely. and address it and, and say something and, and, and it can't just be ignored. Um, I think it was Robbins and Vyra should be saying stuff to him as well. He'll be being told it's not good enough. Like, I think the fans just seem to think, oh, it's something we're picking up on. It's not. <laughs> the players and the staff are going to be saying to him, like, come on, Josh, if you want to take the callers, we cannot be just hitting the first man. Like, we've got to be getting it into the box. And like you said, it was the first real corner of intent we've hit that's mm. got in. And we've actually scored from it, which shows to Eccles, if I put a good cross in, there's yeah. chances that we're gonna we're gonna score this year. You know, Thomas and Kitchen are big lads, and as you've seen from their Barnsley days, that they're they're not scared to score a header. They've both scored a lot of goals from free kicks and set pieces in 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 Barnsley days for their old club. So whip the ball in and see what see what we can do and, and get some good crosses in the box. We've got Hadji as well, Sims, God, and all of these players, even Sheath getting on the end of one yesterday as we're touching upon. If we start whipping some good crosses in, not gonna score every single time but we're going to have a much better chance than what we have been doing when we've just been kicking it to the first man (laughs) at least yeah at least looking threatening i think also circumstance as well you know you look at a situation with Eccles. he's kind of coming into that center midfield position and people are saying well it's it's obviously nowhere near as strong an area of the pitch for us against last season and you're kind of going well Chief was there last season, he's there this season, so he's maybe not the issue. And you kind of then go, well, it's Hamer versus Eccles. And that's a very simplistic way to evaluate that situation. You know, it's not Josh Eccles' fault that Gustavo yeah. Hamer's left the club. But 
unfortunately, he is the change from the midfield or that centre midfield we would have seen last season. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on him. And when you kind of, it, it makes it quite difficult to really see the, the good things he does in a game because he's not somebody who's going to bang, you know, 10, 15 goals a season. And he's probably not going to um, beat men for reason and, and do a lot of that that stuff. But he works hard and when you're winning games and you're working hard and maybe you're getting the odd goal off off his corners you know it, it can help but just touching on Eccles performance yesterday I think the Stoke game you know a lot of people said it was it was a strong improvement and again yesterday uh another really good performance from him yeah he needs to he needs to just put a run of games together now to to really shut people up I think there's an age just yeah. to just to keep going I think that's where he's at I mean like we said we we do compare and there is a drop. It's, there's not no offense to Eccles. He's just not at Hamer's level yet. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to say he's never going to be a very good player. He's still what 23, so he's still very young in his career, and he's still learning. And this is really his first proper season of men's football, playing week in, week out. Last year he played a few times, and we had injuries and stuff, but he never really played that much. You know, it was only when. Alan was out or someone of that caliber because the majority of the time it was our double our double pivot of Hamer and Sheaf. So he His never bigger, really got biggest run was playing right wing back, really. Yeah, it? and he we played yeah, injuries. Yeah, when we had the injuries and he played wing back. So he's never gonna be well, we, I'm not gonna say never, but he's not at that level. But yeah, he does put in some good performances. And like I said, that pass he played to Haji is a good example of when he gets a bit more confidence. Can we see more things like that now with change formation? Like, can we start to look for those passes and get a bit of quality? Because I think um, me and Dave touched upon it. Against Stoke, he had that one, didn't he, where we broke down the right and he had to find Hadji at the back post. And it was just a it was just a rubbish ball in. It was really overhit. And if it was hit, it was on a plate for Hadji. It would have gone 1-0 up in that game in the first half. And it's little moments like that where he'll get compared up. People go, oh, well, if that was Hamer, it would be 1-0 because he'd have put it on a plate for Hadji and it would have been it'd have been a goal. So if he can improve on those little areas and finding those little balls when we need him to that will make a difference, he will he, he will be a tidy little tidy little player for us in this division. He's not going to be the, the like you said, a world beater who's getting eight, ten, twelve goals and assists every season. But he does his job. He works hard and he actually makes some good tackles and clearances. I think he made one off the line yesterday. Didn't he to keep a yeah. clean sheet for us? So you know those things are appreciated. And obviously Robbins is playing him every week, but. Granted, he is still young and Robbins has touched upon he can't play every week and we are going to need to recruit there in January. So we are probably going to sign a player in there, which is only going to help him because it means he'll have more competition. And also when he needs a rest, it will give him a rest. Because I think at times when he plays bad, people forget he's probably fatigued. He's probably really, really fatigued and he's playing every single game for us with no rest, whereas other players are coming in and out, getting rest, bought on as a sub and he's not really had a rest the whole season, Eccles. So... Come January, once we hopefully recruit a player in that position, that will help him even more with his development because we'll be able to sort of pull him in and out when when needs be as, as well. So yeah, shout out to Eccles yesterday. He, he had a he had a good game and that's back to back decent games from him. So hopefully he can keep that up Tuesday and, and Saturday next week as well. Yeah. And then another player with a lot of I guess pressure on his shoulders, obviously coming into the club as a as the record sign. I know we've touched on Haji uh, a little bit during the, the the course of the podcast so far but yesterday really interesting performance I guess you know again when you're winning there can be a little bit more I guess flexibility to look at the performance as an overall um rather than just saying well we've lost another game and, and he hasn't scored yeah yeah so yesterday it's 
it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's had at least three really good opportunities to score. Fortunately, we've ended up scoring um, from a couple of those situations anyway. So it, it's not worked out too bad, but really interesting game and quite, uh, I, I guess, quite a good indication of his career with Coventry so far, because you actually saw how important he could be in this side and how much of an impact he can have in this side in, you know, involvement in goals. Um, but ultimately, there is still that element of an improvement in terms of finishing, isn't there? Yeah, I've always said about Hadji, um, he's a problem. I've watched him numerous times this year. You watched him against Middlesbrough when he come on, Leicester away when he come on. Obviously, that was earlier on in the season. Um, he caused those teams problems. He's he's rapid. Um, he, he's he's played against um, Watford at home. He was a big problem in that game as well, where he was getting in. He didn't score, but he made an assist for Godden, which was a great pullback, and he caused problems. He's had games where he's probably not been the best. But like I said, I don't think he's a central striker as, as a two. I think you've got to play him on his own or out wide. I don't think he's a... You don't play Hadji right with two up front. I just don't think that that works. I think that's more of a Sims and Godden uh, combination. Whereas Hadji is either you play him as a as an, a winger out wide coming in or as a lone striker. I don't see him as a, as a two. I've watched him enough to know that does not suit him and play him with his back to goal. He needs to be get the ball into a 10 so he can make runs off them or get him out wide where you can slip him in or he can make runs like he did yesterday. And I put a tweet out showing an exact movement of what I'm talking about of him, how good he is. Eccles plays that pass and he almost, it's they must have worked on that in training and know how good he is at this because he almost literally, as soon as Eccles gets it, it's not even a, it's not like a, he doesn't have to think, it's just an instinct. He's bang, little running side and he's gone. And he's so fast. You can see it in the clip. He's gone. There's no catching him. He's, he's too quick for defenders. Like he's absolutely rapid. But it's just now little things like as he goes to hit it, the defender just nudges him off balance, which unbalances him. And then he hits it and the goalie does make a good save. But, Someone tried to have a pop at me and said, oh, I just think it was a good save, blah, blah, blah. But I said, if it's a confident Hadji, I think he just puts that in the back of the net and he scores, in my personal opinion. I think it all comes down to confidence. And we touch upon... Well, it's, it's, a... it's finishing, isn't it? You know, like, yeah, again, it's... you spend... you spend Similarities with the Echo situation, obviously different circumstances because we spent the biggest amount of money as we've ever spent on a player on Hadji Roy. <laughs> Plus, where it is similar to Eccles, he's going to be the the player who's going to have the expectation to replace Gokarez. You know, Eccles unfairly, obviously, probably to a large extent, is going to have. I don't. I'm not suggesting that people expect Eccles to replace Hamer, but he is the difference between what we saw last season in centre midfield, yeah. and so that's going to make it very obvious. Of if we drop off in that area, everybody's already going to assume that Yokarez. Yeah, and it's a similar situation with with Hadji, especially when you have that price tag on your head. So you know, for me, when he gets goals like he did um, against Preston, even though we lost, I was delighted to see that he'd scored the two goals because I just want to see some of that pressure taken off him, um, which you will get from, you know, if you can talk about you've scored four, five, six goals and that starts to build up, then you can start to put a, a bit of a, I don't know, a, a, a case in terms of like goal involvement. So he's, he, you know, he's got his four goals. He's, I think he's only got one assist technically, um, but you look at yesterday and he's obviously instrumental in a couple of goals for us as well. And you start saying, okay, he's not going to be Gokarez. I don't 
I don't believe in terms of ultimately as a striker. I don't think he's going to get to that level. And we're seeing from what what Giocarez is doing at Sporting, how much of a or what kind of level that is. It's it, it's quite unbelievable, to be honest with you. So I, I yeah. don't ever envisage he'll get to that level. But you start thinking everything around his game in terms of like how instrumental, influential he can be in creating or opening up opportunities for the, for the club. And you just think if he can get a little better at finishing, then you can start to say, okay, as long as people are realistic in their expectations versus Giocarez, maybe it didn't start to look so bad, right? As as it might have looked, you know, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, it's. It, I'll be honest, mate. The price tag thing, look, I get he cost a lot of money. He was seven and a half million, whatever you want to put it down to, nine million euros, whatever it is that we paid for him, right? We. It's not his fault that we've paid that money. We have, we as a club have invested him. Robbins, Doug King, all of the, the scouting recruitment have all come to a decision. We've scouted him enough and he is worth paying the money that they are asking for. That is a decision that we have made as a football club, not, oh, it's FIFA and our, our fans just bought him for nine million because they've done a cheat code and he's, he's not scoring at tricks every game. So now he's rubbish. Granted, he's only scored four goals, okay? Middlesbrough, um, obviously the Blackburn header at home and then the two at Preston, which you would have wanted a few more in that period of time. But it, w- I think it will come. He just needs to learn to compose himself. I just think he's rushing at the moment. There was a stat, um, there was a stat not long ago, actually, that, that come out on... Um, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere on Twitter, and it was a. It was actually a really, really interesting stat. It was about all of the like the strikers in the division. Um, that was it. High volume shooters and high quality shots. Hadji is in the same bracket as Naki Wells, Kalechi Iniacho, and Ida for Norwich. All four of those players and Hadji have the high, the highest quality of high volume shots in the whole division. So he shoots the most with the most intent in a nutshell for for people who, who don't understand that. So he's getting his shots on target. They're just not being hit with enough, enough conviction and he's just not getting the rub of the green at the minute. As soon as that changes and he's scoring goals, we're going to be looking at a totally different player because he's a confidence player. He's even admitted that himself before. If, if he's playing with confidence, he'll be, he'll be a totally different player. And I think once he gets a run of scoring in sort of like back-to-back games, which will come... That is when we'll see him really start to flourish and then have that confidence in front of goal. And we all know strikers have said it through. Look at all the best strikers in in the game. Being a striker, it's all confidence. If you are confident, you will score goals. It really, really is that simple. Like Erling Haaland scores 50-odd goals because he's confident in front of goal. That is the only reason. Sometimes he doesn't even impact a game for Man City, but he'll get one chance because he's confident. He'll put it away. And that is the big difference between... Someone like Harlan and Hadji at the moment is his one's full of confidence and one isn't. And you can just tell by the way he's striking the ball and the look he's getting that there isn't that confidence there. But once that clicks and suddenly changes, I'm not saying he's going to get 25 goals for us, but by all means, he's going to he's going to really have more confidence in front of goal. And some of these chances that fans are going, oh, he's got to be scoring them. He's worth 9 million quid or whatever. He's going to start to put them away. And we wouldn't have invested him in, in, in him as a club if we didn't think that that was going to be the case. But there's, there's a couple of issues, I guess. You know, I agree with, with a lot of what you said. I think from his perspective, you know, 
it, it, it's, as you say, it's not his his fault, his responsibility, I guess, that they've, or the club have decided to spend £8 million on him. But he's a professional footballer who yeah. obviously will be getting paid for, for in the context of our club, a, a lot of money. Um, and there's a lot of expectation that comes with it. You know, there's a lot of what I've seen with Hadji Wright, which makes me confident about what he can become as a player if you keep the real the expectations realistic versus you know expected him to completely directly yeah. replace Victor Jokeres which is you know that 100% isn't fair on Hadji Rai one of the things I'd say there's a couple of I, I guess technical um, changes technique um, upgrades that he does need to make because again the stat that you've mentioned it's it's important and it's and it's relevant for sure but you look at yesterday, for example, those two chances that, that he's had, or the three chances, really, um, that he's had. You know, the first one where he's, he's he's forced a good save. You know, in that one, actually, you know, fair enough. It's kind of got stuck under his feet, and that's a little bit of technique to get the ball out of his feet. And He got pushed you know, off balance a, a little chance. bit as well. Yeah. If you actually watch so the replay. One. Yeah. I think the second one, which leads to the goal, that's a good save, but he should, in that yeah, situation, he should make it unsavable. Yeah. Um, and similar with the third one, that's straight at the goalkeeper. So it's a solid save. I can't say it's a great save, but it's a solid save. And look, he's putting he's putting these chances on target, which is, I guess, the first step, because we've seen examples in the past where he hasn't, uh, you know, the West Brom game being a good example when he's when he's had that opportunity. <laughs> but I think I still think there's technical or technique abilities that he needs to look at um, and improvements in his game on that side of the of the pitch, because you know, it's great getting him on target. He's actually led to a, a couple of goals ultimately, one directly from Godden and the other from the from the Beckham S corner from from Eccles in the late in the game. But ultimately, yes, they, I think we'd all agree there needs to still be a bit of technical technique improvement yeah, of when course. it comes to, to to those chances, making it unsavable for the keeper. Yeah, of course. You can't, look. I'm not saying that he set the world alight. I'm not mm. trying to. I'm not trying to blow smoke up his <laughs> up his backside, so to speak. But there is improvements, and I want him to score those goals. But you know, you touched upon his last chance that he had. I'll give you another example of confidence. If you actually rewatch the chance, he could have took that another two yards forward before he shot. He had a lot of time, but instead of doing that, he hits yeah. it. Whereas if he takes it two yards forward, the keeper in that moment could move a little bit more to the left, which opens up the right and he slots it away. Those little things as a striker are so, so important. And he just those needs to get... decisions. Yeah, he just decisions, needs to yeah. get another one of those which go right for him. So hopefully he gets in another one against Plymouth on Tuesday. He gets in that position. He takes that extra touch and he slots it in the corner. And the minute he does that, it will be like weight yeah. off the shoulders and then he can finally kick on because realistically he's not actually scored a goal for us which has been where he's been played in behind all of them have been instinct like the Blackburn one was an instinct header the Middlesbrough goal was an instinct come out to him and he, he shot in the bottom corner it went in both good finishes and then the Preston ones both tappings that he couldn't miss. So he needs to get a goal where it's he's played through and he slots it away. So it's his goal rather than it just being, oh, it's a Hadji Wright instinct reaction shot. Once he gets that, it will be a complete weight off his shoulders then. And he'll know 
he'll have the fans support then and he'll have that almost that that burden off his shoulders of right I've done this before if that makes sense at the minute I just feel like he's overthinking it a bit too much and instead no, of doing I, I those yeah, yeah instead of yeah. doing the, the yesterday like taking the, the extra touch two yards he's just hit it because he's thinking I want to just get this on target and try and get it in the net whereas if he just takes that touch it probably opens up and he slots that away and it's and it, it's three or four nil do you know what I mean and he, and he gets yeah. a goal and we're all going oh had you scored a good goal blah de, blah but because he's not people are going oh seven and a half mil all that sort of stuff but I I, well, I hope interesting point the four goals that he's got have all been when you really think about it I mean maybe the Blackburn goal is a little bit different but largely you kind of think they've been goals where he hasn't really had the opportunity to think about it too much yeah it's same just Sims. Act versus the the chances that we're seeing like yesterday where he has got a little bit more time to think about it it's just not quite clicking but certainly still early days in his Coventry career and and a lot more I guess reasons to be positive about performances for him recently yeah, the two goals against Preston you know and certainly an improved performance one of his best for for Coventry yesterday if not his best um for the club and and it's good for him to be involved in the goals in some regard as well you can yeah, see that, sure. that that paying off and on that front again uh, Hadji Wright one of probably a few people who might be up for the uh for the conversation of a man of the match is there anybody in particular you would lean towards with with this one yeah, I'm going to give it to Tats. I'm going to give yeah. it to Tats. Um, I mean, from to be honest, I mean, we've not really touched upon him, and I wanted to do it. Was was Liam Kitchen? I've seen a lot of people giving him him praise yesterday, saying how good he was on the ball and how quick and aggressive he looked. You know, and and Thomas has really turned the corner since we've gone into a back four. So I do want to give a shout out to them, and obviously they've been in a back two and we've kept back to back clean sheets in this, in this division with those two in a back four. So we've got to give a bit of credit to the the pair of them because I think that's kind of gone unnoticed. And, you know, earlier on in the season, people, oh, why have we paid 4 million for kitchen? Blah, blah, blah. He sits on the bench or when he's been on, he's not been great. But I think his last two games he's played, he's been, he's been unbelievable. I think against Stoke, he was really, really good. He was good on the ball, making tackles, being a leader, being aggressive. And yesterday he did exactly the same. I think now they've got clean sheets, they're going to be even more confident. I think this will be a real turning point for them. And what Kitchen said, he wants to stamp a mark in this team he will now want to look at this to go right I want to have a real good run of games over Christmas for this team now playing week in week out and and getting as much as much sort of championship football under my belt for the club in the in those period of games so um shout out to those two but yeah I'm going to give it to, to Tats he got his goal um he yeah. caused some problems all afternoon we all love him and he just deserves a man of the match, didn't he? Just for being just yeah. for being Sakamoto to be honest. He just deserves it. So I'm <laughs> gonna give I'm gonna give man of the match to Tats yesterday. Yeah, agreed. And just to to wrap up with this uh week's edition of the podcast, it'd be good to have a look. We've got to look forward to the next eight games, which takes us to the new year. Really busy December or, or next kind of five, six weeks until the end of the year. Eight games, seven of those being in December, which um yeah. you know, it's it's obviously the same for, for everybody else in the league. So it's not a disadvantage or it's not as if we're going to be playing, you know, a lot more than anybody else, but it just feels a really busy period and really important one, obviously, for the club. Um, you know, we have seen the changes obviously in formation and, and we've started to see the Results come off the back of that over the last couple of games. What for you, looking at who we're taking on uh, in those eight matches, five of which are at home, what would represent a good, I guess, running uh, heading into next year in terms of points? Well, I've said, to be honest, you know, if we can, if we can get 
three points Tuesday and a point at Ipswich Saturday, and then we go into that Blues game and win. I think we could. I don't. I'm not saying I want us to. I want us to go to Southampton and Leeds and win both games. But I think we can afford to drop some form of points if 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 yeah. we do in those games without going. Oh, we've lost all the games before. This isn't good enough. I think if we can get a solid ten points from the next four games, being we beat Plymouth, um, we beat Blues, obviously, and um, beat Millwall, and we draw, say, with Ipswich. You look at those that that period, you know, and I think we're playing Ipswich at a good time. Who just lost to to West Brom um, on Saturday, which shows that I've said they're going to have a period where they just blip Ipswich. I think once they get a few injuries and stuff, I think they'll be in and around the playoffs. Um, but I don't think they'll be in the automatics come the end of the year. Well, there's but there's been I think... a few games where they've gone, you know, yeah. a couple of goals behind and then brought their way back into the game. Which you yeah, have to respect yeah. the fact, A, of what they've done throughout the season so far, but also the fact that they've brought themselves back into those games. Yeah, but definitely. You've definitely seen periods in games, especially more recently, as you say, where they've they've started to show signs of, of struggling. Yeah, for sure. And I think realistically for us, us getting confidence and them maybe dropping points in the next, say, if they drop points Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they next play, that could be good for us going into that game rather than playing an Ipswich team that's winning every week and full of confidence when we weren't full of confidence and we weren't playing well. So if we can get a solid 10 points from the four games, Millwall, um, Plymouth, Ipswich and, and Blues at home. Um, I think then going into those next two, obviously I want to beat Southampton at home because you want to win all your home games. But if, if we say draw two of them or lose one and draw one in those two, I think then come sort of after the 16th, moving on to those next couple over those Christmas period, we could be in um we could be in a decent position. And I think if we're around if we're around mid-table come come January. I think if, you know, we're sort of 11th, 12th, 10th, anywhere around there going into January and we can then recruit in January, who knows what can happen at the end of the year? You know, it, it, it's never say never with this club, but we're talking Mystic Meg sort of, <laughs> sort of what sort of opportunity. Well, we might be mid table by your reckoning. If we, if we get those 10 points in the four games. I yeah. Mean, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's got, there's a little bit of a gap now. Um, yeah. But if you put, it's one of those situations. I think if you did put two or three wins together, that's oh, massively you see you flying up the table. Now, you know, we we are acknowledging a difficult run of games. Obviously, in the middle of yeah, I guess, sure. this period before Christmas, in particular, I guess Southampton and um, and Leeds, as you've mentioned. Um, but they're winnable games around it and potential for us to do something, you know, at Southampton, we saw them struggle recently. And and we say, we say we're far off, but Birmingham are on 22 and we're on 19. So if we win Tuesday and they say drop points or, you know, Watford and Stoke and others don't all win, et cetera, we could go from, you know, 20th to you're looking at 15th, 16th around that sort of mark going into that Ipswich game. And the playoff sixth place are only on 28. So if you get to 22, you're not massively behind in terms of that stage of the season. So I'm not saying we're going to get there, but it's not, it's not like we've let, it's not like we're on five points and we're now starting to win games as an example. You know, we, we win Tuesday and we're in the 20 mark. So it goes from being, oh, we're nowhere near the 20s to now you win back to back games and, you, and you're, you're, you're past that past that stage now and we we head into the 20 marks moving into that Christmas period so it'll be an interesting run of games but I think we have to win on Tuesday we need to get back to back wins and we have to beat Plymouth and like someone said to me 
Plymouth beat Sunderland yesterday, granted, and they've done well at home this year, but they're just a home team. Away from home, they're absolutely dire from what people have said to me. They barely play well away from home. They do not do not put in good performances away from home. It's only when they're at their home ground is where they really start to show up. And they're one of those, one of those teams, I think, that will probably stay up because they have good home form this year. I think that's what they will try and build on is win, try and win and pick up as many points as home as we can and if we lose away, it is what it is. But we've just got to we've just got to really take it to them. And if we could get another win and another clean sheet, I would actually be confident of us getting at least a point at Ipswich then on 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 the Saturday. So it all depends how we follow up this win on Saturday. And if we beat Plymouth Tuesday, if we can do that Tuesday, then I'll be. I think a lot more of the fans will start to be a lot more a lot more confident. So it'll be an it'll be an interesting running, mate. Yeah, a, a massive game on Tuesday night. Obviously, as you say. The importance of, of following up a, a fantastic performance and result uh, away at Millwall, and we will, as you'll as you'll get used to with the Sky Blue Extra podcast this season, we will be previewing that game in a separate podcast later on during the week. But for now, we're going to wrap up uh, today's very enjoyable review of the Millwall victory. Thanks again for your time, Ross, this afternoon, and thanks as ever to all of you, the Sky Blue Army. Um, for for giving us your time and listeners to us today. As ever, we're proudly in association with the Sky Blues uh, Tavern and Dinners Brewery. And if you are interested in following up the discussion on any of the points that we've talked about today, please do so using the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. as good as it gets on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.